This is the Sheep Guarding Llama Podcast for Thursday, November 17th, 2005. This is episode 24, and I'm your host, Scott Allen Miller, and my co-host is... Dominica, the wife. And uh, welcome to the show. Yes, I say that as if the wife is my middle name now. That is how you say it. Yep, yeah, it's a little bit weird. Dominica, the wife. Or it's all one word. Dominica, the wife. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Well, we've got a busy day today. There's a lot of stuff going on that we want to talk about. Uh, first of all, we have a special guest coming in very soon. Only two more days. Yay! Yeah. And so everybody's uh, on pins and needles waiting to find out more about that, I can tell. Uh, secondly, our phone number for people to call in and give us uh, audio comments. It's area code 206-984-4582. So if you're listening, uh, pick up your cell phone, punch it in, uh, save it in your favorites, and uh, call us, because uh, I know we got lots of people who are listening. Uh, as they drive to work, this is like one of the awesome commuting shows that you can listen to every morning and uh, get your day off to a good start. So uh, well, you're in your car, pick up your cell phone, and uh, 206-984-4582. Isn't that cool? That is cool. That is cool. How do you get one of those? Yeah, we've had one. For, we've had one since episode two. I yeah, think. but how do you get one? It's uh, we have a service that we get it through. Oh, is it free? I, yes. Awesome. Yep. People give out free phone numbers. Yep. That's pretty cool. It's yep. Neato. It is. Yep. You can uh, if you go through the same service, you can get um, fax lines and stuff from them too. They do how a long bunch do of you stuff. get? I have no idea. Because I could call in and have my own show as a comment. You you could. I could. I'm pretty sure it does that. Because mm. I don't think it stores it. I think it sends it straight to us and makes us store it. Oh. So I think they pretty much <laughs> let you do whatever <laughs> you want. Yep. Um, okay, the big thing that we need to talk about today is uh, Sony. The Sony uh, DRM uh, incident that has been going on. For people who don't know, uh, Sony, ha- Sony BMG Music has released... Uh, a batch of their CDs recently, and in an attempt to keep their customers from being able to utilize them into their full legal capacity, uh, Sony has included uh, what can only be called a Trojan horse uh, in the software that uh, it's malicious software. Uh, if you put the CD into a Windows machine, now first of all, this only affects Windows users. This does not affect Mac users. does not affect Linux users. This is a direct attack from Sony on the Microsoft community. Uh, and uh, it is malicious software. It is criminal. Uh, it violates all laws pertaining to uh, viral and Trojan and spyware software. Uh, and this software is a Trojan because it... Um, acts as if it's a normal audio CD that you purchase, but it is not. Uh, it loads stuff onto your computer uh, that then spies on you. So it's both a Trojan and spyware, and it then sends information back to Sony uh, about what you're doing. Uh, and then it also includes a bit of software that hides the whole thing so you don't know what's going on. And um, uh, Sony claims they're doing this to stop pirating, uh, which is ridiculous because they've completely opened themselves up to an entire community who now feels no remorse for pirating Sony stuff and it doesn't really stop anyone from pirating it it just 
ruins people's computers uh, and uh, opens them up. And of course, uh, Sony claims there was no malicious intent, but uh, a whole bunch yeah, of yeah, exactly. Right. There is no when you cloak software that you know you're putting illegally onto someone's computer that does illegal. And the thing that it does is called a rootkit, which is the highest form of hacking you can do without physically sitting at someone's machine. It means they have absolute total control over your machine remotely. It's 100% control. They may have more control than you do. Until obviously you can unplug the computer. How but. can they pretend that this is not malicious? Yeah, it's it's ridiculous is what it is. And uh, at first, when we broke the story on SGL, and obviously we didn't break the story, when we first announced it on SGL, um, a boycott was already underway, and we are totally supporting the Sony boycott. Um, and uh, both the state of New York and the state of California have begun legal action against Sony. Uh, we're hoping more states jump in, but... Uh, at least the two big ones are are doing something to protect their citizens. Um, the uh, since that time, um, NPR has reported on them, and uh, we have a link in the show notes tonight uh, where you can listen to NPR uh, talking about uh, the latest uh, events in uh, in the Sony scandal. Um, the Department of Homeland Security has stepped in and uh, has not begun legal action as this time, but has. Uh, stated very strongly their displeasure with Sony uh, creating such an incredible security hole for so many people at a time when security is so important. Um, and uh, But possibly the, the biggest statement is that uh, more than New York, California, and the Department of Homeland Security uh, taking action, but Microsoft themselves have stepped in and have lo- listed Sony's software as officially malicious spyware in uh, Microsoft's anti-spyware package, and they are now removing it. Microsoft is removing it. Sony is not. Sony, uh, to combat all this that's going on, today released a removal tool that they put up on their website to have people run to remove this software. However... Yeah, is, I trust something from Sony. It is not a removal tool. It is actually a deeper rootkit that increases the amount of capability they have to control your machine and probably is it is more cloaking uh i believe Does it, it actually it? no well i heard from one source that it decloaked it but increased the security hole uh but npr is uh the, the where they originally broke it uh that i've seen and so listen to npr it's in the show notes and they talk about uh the widening of the security hole from sony so sony has added an additional Trojan that they've tricked people into downloading. Basically, if you've got a recent Sony CD and there is a way to identify it, it's got a, a copyright protection sticker uh, or, or something up in the upper left-hand corner on the CD case, if you have one of those CDs, there is a list you can go check to make sure you don't have one of them. Uh, you have to reinstall your computer. Uh, unless Microsoft has stated that they are able to completely uh, eliminate it, um, you need to back up your data and reinstall Windows because you have lost control of your computer. Uh, this is not like a typical virus. This is a really, really deep loss of total control of your computer. And um, more importantly, obviously Sony is not using this tool so that they can, for example, do denial of service attacks against uh, big websites or something like that. But uh, Sony is doing malicious things with it and... A number of major viruses are now out in the wild that are running on this software. Sony has provided this toolkit. Uh, basically what has happened, 
And you can argue whether or not this was intentional. I'm not saying that it was, but there will be lots of people who believe it was. Sony used the CDs as a way to pilot uh, a virus to show. And this happens with any type of virus. There's always a pilot virus. And, uh, you know, you can you can look at uh, Norton, Symantec, um, McAfee, or, or other um, Sophos, whatever, and uh, they they will tell you that there's almost always a pilot virus that goes out and kind of pioneers the technology. It's kind of a proving ground for malicious software, and they're not a real threat, but they know that big ones are coming once the pilots go through because they can see what security hole was tested, and if they don't have time to patch it or, or get some kind of fix, then the real viruses come rapidly behind. And there are already, this is only a few days old, there's only a few, there's already a few viruses built on Sony's virus pilot that are out in the wild and are doing uh, severe damage if you get them. So this is a this is an unbelievable this is one of the most unbelievable uh stories of corporate corruption. I mean this is on the level of Enron. Enron, however, was only malicious within themselves they were lying about how much money they were making there obviously that hurts everyone but it was not an attack on individuals sony is actively attacking its customers attacking the people who buy their cds yes. this isn't people that stole their music right they're only going after that the people actually who bought the damn cd right there's nothing that happens to people. it doesn't spread as far as i can tell to people who get copies because a normal CD audio copier won't copy the virus. How do you? How do I even say anything? Well, I've been silent because yeah. I am so disgusted with Sony yep. that I'm seriously considering bringing back my headphones to Walmart because they're Sony and saying I don't want these because they're Sony. And if you don't give me my money back, I still don't want them. Yeah, I'm it's... really considering it because I'm disgusted. Yeah. I don't want anything Sony. Oh, yeah. I'm getting ready to like go tear out everything I can find that's Sony <laughs> and burn it in yeah. in a big pile well, in the middle of the street. We don't have very much because I haven't been a much of a fan of Sony for a long time. Well, but now I obviously I cannot believe they thought they could get away with this. Yeah. How long did they get away with it? Um it's been some time. Uh we don't know exactly, I'm sure someone knows exactly how long when those it CDs because they have a list mm-hmm. of CDs. They're pretty sure the list is complete. Um, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a guess at this name. Mark Rusnovich, he is the head or one of the head um, developers over at um, uh, Winternals. Uh, he is uh, in that uh, super unbelievably elite Windows coding kind of category, and he was doing some work and discovered it. Um, and so uh, we have Winternals to thank for uh, for having released that information as rap because who knows how long it would have gone before anybody noticed. If an example is not made of Sony, what is to stop other companies from doing things like this? Right. Yeah, this is this is a major you know, problem. An example has to be made. They need to be uh, criminal charges need to be brought up against yeah. high like the CEO and every high up person that can be and Sony needs to be disassembled mm-hmm. and made an example of because I for one do not want to have to worry about everything that I put into my computer having a rootkit virus on it. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Yeah, if, if you know, Sony and the other members... Of, and, you know, I'm a big supporter of copyrights. Right. Uh, I'm one of the most demanding uh, copyright people you can possibly imagine. I'm, I'm very much 
you should not be stealing software. You should not be stealing music. There are there are musicians and coders and people and stores that this is how they make their their living. And if they made this and want to sell it to you and you want it so badly, you should pay for it. But I'm also a really really big supporter of fair use, and you should always be allowed to make an archival copy of the stuff you have. You should allow be able to uh, people should be able to borrow it as long as there's only one copy in use. All the things that have always been fair use. And uh, I think that, um, personally, I think that companies should not be allowed to circumvent fair use through whatever means. But uh, this, you know, when Sony's out there saying, oh, you can't, you can't pirate, you can't do this, you can't do that, and then they go and cross the most unbelievable barrier. And this is the best part. You haven't even heard this yet. The software that they used, uh, this has not been oh, completely proven. They think it they is, stole code. Yes, it is pirated yeah. code used in their rootkit. Uh, and so Sony is believed to be not only an active pirate on a bigger scale than any of the people they're complaining about, but also uh, a malicious um, entity. Uh, I actually did hear about that, honey, because I read CheapGuardingLlama.com and there was a link to the story and to somebody's blog. And I decided to read it and read some of the comments. And then it started to go over my head when they were talking about programming stuff and mm-hmm. why he, the guy's like, well, I couldn't find it. And then other guys are like, well, this might be why you couldn't find it, a different compiler or something. And then I was yep. like, okay, I some, don't um, understand this. There are some tools out there that help compare. Uh, and this it's a really, really difficult thing once you get into code comparison because uh, it's ju- there's just so much. It's like saying, is this drop of water from this or from that when it's mixed into a bucket? Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, but Sony needs to be burned at the stake. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I want to see them hang. Yeah. Uh, hopefully New York and California will be able to uh, to really do something. And, you know, I, th- I believe it was California who just uh, nine months ago uh, forced Sony to pull all PlayStations from the shelves because it had been determined that Sony had stolen some of the design uh, from an American company. And uh, I guess the thing we're seeing here is Sony, a non-American company, is willing to do just about anything in the United States. This is not a company that respects this market. And uh, so, yeah, all the PlayStations had to be pulled recently. Uh, everything, new ones, old ones, because, and that's why the even though it's the most awesome, uh, it, 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 they stole the uh, joypad, the controller. Uh, that's why the new PS3 has really awful uh, joypads, because they stole the design. They've never had to design a, a joypad. Um, so doesn't surprise me. Yep. Here in this story, they have yeah. no ethics. None. It's a it's we a terrible just, company. I and, think you know, that really, the federal government should they put should, in a boycott of Sony. Um, I believe that uh, it it requires the states to bring it to federal court. I don't okay. think the federal government has the ability. I'm not sure about that. It's, but I don't it's think overstepping they, their bounds. Yeah. Okay. I think that the uh, the state level commerce committees have to have to bring it to the federal. Um, speaking of news, I have discovered uh, some great ways to get news on the internet. Uh, for people who are, you know, kind of used to the radio and television thing, but uh, want to move to internet, because you know, for the past couple of years, I've been without radio or television to any regular extent, and I've been kind of behind on news and stuff because I've been so isolated. But I've been trying to make that hundred percent internet switch. I, I'm trying to lead the edge instead of trailing behind. And uh, some good stuff that I found for people who want to switch that's available now. Um, MSNBC, which is a highly respected news site, combination of Microsoft and NBC, um, which I think they're a lot more respectable now with Microsoft because I don't think NBC had much of a reputation. But uh, MSNBC now offers their news headlines through podcasts. And so you can uh, subscribe uh, daily and get the, uh, the headlines right off of the MSNBC uh, cable channel 
uh, read over podcast. Really? So that's really cool because it's just that five cool. minutes. You've got the headlines. And if there's something really important you want to see, go watch it, MSNBC. Hmm. But you can kind of keep up without having to watch it all the time. And also, uh, Fox, who does have RSS of their news stories, uh, as well as NBC, I, uh, MSNBC, I subscribe to both of those in, uh, in RSS text feeds. But uh, Fox you can go to, and they don't have a, I don't believe they have a, a video feed for this yet, but um, they do have uh, a, a television-like system that you can go to the Fox website and click on it, and it'll show you all the stories of the day um, in clips. So it's not quite the same as watching it on TV, but it's actually a lot faster because you can skip the ones you don't want and only see the ones you do, and uh, the quality's pretty good. It's uh, only barely below broadcast television. Cool. So that's that. I thought that was really cool. And uh, so cool. people who want to see those things can just go check it out, and uh, it's really, really easy to use. And suddenly there's two stations you don't need to watch anymore. So one by one, the, the, the cable stations are dropping away, and uh, the value is on the Internet. So that's exciting. Um, I do believe that you wanted to talk. Let's get off the news for, for a little bit here. Or actually, let's check. I believe we get to get off the news altogether and move on to happier subjects. All right. You had some food items you wanted to talk about tonight. I did. I don't know how many of you know, but um, a few years back, I lived in... Texas, just south of Houston, for about three months. And while I was down there, I discovered Bluebell ice cream. Bluebell ice cream is amazing. It has a little cow on it. It's like the Texas State ice cream or something. And I discovered that they had a flavor they called Banana Split that basically tastes like somebody made a gigantic traditional banana split and whipped it up in a blender and stuck it in a carton. It's like vanilla ice cream with hot fudge swirled, strawberry topping swirled, and pineapple topping swirled with chunks of banana and nuts all together, mixed together in a, in a carton, just like a regular banana split. And every time I go to Texas, I make sure I get a pint of this banana split ice cream from Bluebell and eat it all to myself and I don't let anybody have any. And I eat the whole thing like a piggy all at once. And um, the last time I was in Texas in July, I did the same thing because when I went down in June, I forgot to get the Bluebell ice cream and I was very depressed. And um, then I made sure that I got it in July. And so the other day I was in Walmart and Walmart carries a brand called Blue Bunny which I still haven't investigated this, but I think it might be made by the same people. And I looked and saw that they have a Blue Bunny banana split ice cream. It it was a happy day. It's pretty exciting. There was a tear in my eye. And so I bought it and have been eating it for two days. Despite my South Beach diet. No uh. sugar. I don't care. It's banana split ice cream. Uh, I'm going to have to stay away from the, the ice cream aisle. Out. Yeah. I'm going to have to at Walmart because it's super Walmart. Those of us who don't like banana splits are very fortunate, I guess. I guess so. I just don't like bananas. I don't like frozen bananas. Oh, you don't know. You don't, you don't, I, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I, I'm speechless. Yeah. I can't think of what to say. All right. It's a beautiful thing. I, okay. Um, the other, uh, the other night we were talking about uh, the television stations being available over um, the internet, mm-hmm. and uh, today, this morning, NPR, uh, can you tell what I listened to in the morning? Um, NPR uh, carried the story a day after us, 
and had an interview with the president of NBC, with one of the presidents of NBC, NBC Universal, the, the cable branch of NBC. And uh, they interviewed him regarding uh, the, the story. And uh, it is not NBC that's doing anything interesting. That's the bottom line. This guy was so incredibly unknowledgeable about uh, content delivery mechanisms. It was unreal. He doesn't know what, what uh, you know, on-demand really is. His version of, uh, you know, you know what we're talking about is over the Internet, on-demand, anything you want, anytime, day or night, commercial-free. And um, he was, and they even mentioned this on it, they, they came back on NPR and even mentioned, he said their goals are to satisfy their advertisers, not to satisfy their customers, which are the people watching the shows. Now, I understand they make their money from their advertisers, Obviously, in any business, you need to make the people happy who are, you know, paying your bills. But how is NBC going to compete when their goal is not to make things that their customers want to watch? You know, it's interesting because the stuff that I read from a link you provided on, I think, SheepGardenLama.com, it might have been the SGL podcast, about AOL at Time Warner It was on both, actually. Okay. Well, AOL and Time Warner, their whole thing was, was, you know, maybe we can do... Uh, advertise list shows and mm-hmm. like maybe we can get people watching it and not have to advertise. We'll just yeah. get our money from the people. Yeah, and NBC is talking about charging a dollar ninety nine per show and showing advertising together, and they're talking about putting advertising in their DVD sales. And they're not talking about delivering things over the internet. They're talking about that you have to go get DirecTV with satellite, but they'll have an on-demand service so you can get it when you want. So apparently NPR picked the wrong network to talk to. Well, I think NPR picked exactly who they wanted to talk to. Although uh, there was someone who called in with a question, and it was obvious that it was going to be very, very bad for, for NBC to answer the question because of... Uh, you could anyone who's knowledgeable about the subject knew what he was about to ask, and they cut him off, went to a commercial, came back, had him off the phone, and answered a different question and acted like it was his question. So there was some co- um, uh, behind the scenes uh, collusion going on collusion. between NBR, uh, NPR and NBC hmm. to keep that question from being asked. And the question that was going to be asked was, how can you call piracy? When someone makes something available over the internet that was already made available by the content producer over public distribution mechanisms owned by the people. Which is, if NBC broadcasts a show, over broadcast, we're not talking about over cable, this is open air only, and somebody records it, how can you say it's piracy if somebody else gets to watch that recorded copy when it went over airwaves owned by the public, leased from the public by NBC, forced into people's homes, even people without television. Right now, in this house, with no television, no antenna, NBC television shows are being put through, and and we get radiation from it, and NBC claims if we view that and they don't want us to, it's piracy. And this has been a claim always. Uh, This has been an ongoing thing for 50 years, the argument of if it's forced into your home, if someone stands outside your window screaming and you can hear it inside your house, is it illegal for you to record it and listen to it some other time? That's the question. Um, But that was what was asked, and they cut him off, and they went to something completely different and uh, candy-coated it and uh, made him go away. So that was very unfortunate, but at least we're mentioning it here, and hopefully lots of other podcasts and blogs are going to pick up and 
uh, make a point at least that uh, the interview did lack at that point. So this is where citizen journalism uh, uh, takes hold when uh, when we're able to say, uh, no, 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 that wasn't what, what actually happened, and uh, don't let them get away with things. But overall, except for that one thing, NPR did a really good interview and really grilled NBC on that, and, and they really look stupid. Um, NBC clearly does not understand. When they're talking about um, this whole on-demand thing with uh, cable and direct TV or other satellite producers, this stuff is ridiculous. They're talking about, yeah, okay, it's a little bit more convenient than using a VCR, but they're talking about really complex, expensive systems that are just better versions of VCRs. And that's it. And the reason that these stations are doing it, the reason NBC wants you using NBC on demand over satellite or over cable is because they, and they mentioned this, they have a system in place or will have a system in place or intend to have a system in place that will allow them to stop you from being able to put this on any other device. They don't want it, they don't want it being watchable on your iPod or on your, your Samsung Yep or on whatever. They want to make sure you can only watch it on your television and so they're actually removing features of the VCR. Because VCR you can transfer it to whatever you have the ability to transfer it to. Right. They're trying to take that away and calling it a feature. And uh, it's really clear that NBC does not have any grasp at all of what their market is, of where their market is going, who their customers are. Um, well, then their shows aren't going to get watched. Right, they're going to die. we are thinking about maybe... Getting some TV off the internet, but we sure aren't going to get cable. Right. So. Or satellite or anything else. Right, exactly. And I'm sure not going to pay for NBC one-time viewing. If I pay for a show, I expect to be able to see it forever. You can only see it once? Well, you can watch it. You, you get to store with the on-demand, like, uh, I don't know, maybe 50 shows get stored on... It, basically, it's a TiVo that they control. Okay. I hate the term TiVo because that's a brand. It's like Ferrari. It's not a car. It's a Ferrari. It's not a jacuzzi. It's a, it's a hot tub. Um... But uh, with your your DVR, uh, don't they call it a VTR, video uh, TV record TVR? That's a videotape recorder. VTR is the old term. DVR is a digital video recorder. Oh, okay. Um, and PVR is a personal video recorder. But the DVRs, what they're doing is they control them. It'll store like fifty shows, and it's real transparent to you. It makes it really really easy compared to a VCR. But um, they tell you which ones get to be on there. Basically, uh, your parents have. On demand, and as you know, once you've watched those shows, nothing new shows up. And if the show you want isn't on there, it's just not on there. That's not true. New things show up. Yes, new things show up, but not instantly. Not the moment you watch the old ones. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, so like if you in one day or your home is sick from work and everything you want to watch is on on demand and you go all the way through it, that's it. It's over. Next day, if you're homesick, there's nothing. All that cable that you're paying for, you're getting zip out of. So it's it's a hoax, really. They're acting like these are features, and a lot of people are spending money on it, and you're getting absolutely nothing out of it. So that's really tough. But, you know, it's clear that NBC is not going to be in the market, and ABC and CBS and, and Warner Brothers, holy cow, they're grabbing the bull by the horns, and they're getting things done. And they're going to be, you know, if Warner Brothers wants to be the one that delivers it over the Internet, well, then Warner Brothers is who I'm going to watch. And that's just going to be how it is. And people are going to say, did you see that show on NBC? I'm going to be like, is NBC even still around? How am I supposed to know? You know, so that's, I think uh, they're going to shoot themselves in the foot. And at some point they'll realize, but hopefully it'll be too late. So, and all it takes, you know, CSI or whatever shows are on there, if they're smart, they're just going to go to a different distribution channel and they're not going to wait for NBC. And they're going to say, you know, Battlestar Galactica, bleh, Battlestar Galactica 
figured out that if they allowed their shows to be distributed over BitTorrent, that they would make more money, and they did. And now they're the biggest sci-fi show around. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're, they're groundbreaking because they were willing to be groundbreaking. And maybe they don't have a model that's going to make it forever, but they have the model that's making it now. So. I read what you wrote about Roswell, and I really wish that Roswell had come out a little bit later so that they would have this opportunity. Yeah, Roswell is a it's perfect example of a show that I think yeah. could have made, uh, you know, they had this huge community and all these people who wanted it, and they could have made TV over Internet happen right then. And there must be shows like that now. I just don't know what they are. But um, Instead, it got killed when it went to UPN because right. people didn't have access to it. Yeah, yep. yeah. give people access, and they will, you know, people will beat a path to the shows they want to see. And if you make them available over the Internet, people are going to go there instead of regular television. And so... I, th- I think I think what's going to happen is at some point someone's going to make a show, some network is going to give them a hassle or cut them or give them a bad slot, and they're going to pull it. They're going to go to the internet, and they're going to be it's going to be overnight. One day, no one's going to see television on the internet, and the next day, all these people are going to be watching some major show that was the one that took the risk, and it's going to be it's, it'll go down in history as the pioneering show that made the switch, and for a long time it'll make a fortune because its viewership will be so high. Uh, and long-term, there's a lot of things that... And I understand this. There's a lot that has to be figured out with how are they going to monetize this model? How is it advertising? Is it product placement, which is advertising, but it's a different type? Is it uh, pay-per-view, which I don't think is going to work? People are not into paying for shows, at least not at a dollar a show. You know, I don't know how much they're making on advertising, but it sure isn't a dollar a show. Not per person, not per viewer. Um, right. And so, you know, if they're making 10 cents per viewer, maybe, well, that's a model that might work. Would I pay a dollar a day for ten shows? Yeah, probably. Can you get an account with, uh, you know, some company that does micropayments specifically for this stuff so that it does a credit card hit once a month and uh, you can watch as much as you want during a month and it's only going to come to 30 or $40 max? Great. Maybe that works. And your whole family could be on one, so it doesn't matter who's sharing with whom or whatever. And uh, I think they can make it work, but they've got to be realistic about the numbers. $2 for a half-hour show uh, might work for that one episode that someone missed, but it's not going to be an ongoing model that people are going to use. Yep, I guess we'll have to wait and see how it turns out. It's going to, yeah, it's something we're going to have to see play yep, out. Yep, and I'm sure we're going to keep you updated anytime there's something new. We will. So since we, we had, you heard it here first, folks, if you... Yep didn't hear it anywhere else yep That's especially if you were listening to npr because we were here first yeah we beat npr by a day yeah, we so. beat npr <laughs> yes we um did. uh speaking of media mass media uh harry potter opens tonight yay and uh, but more importantly for those of you in the rochester area do not go see it tonight because it's only opening analog tonight they're getting all the suckers who have to see it on opening night with the low quality show uh tinseltown in gates opens its first Digital showing of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire tomorrow afternoon at 1 p.m. That's Friday at 1 p.m. It'll show again, I believe, at 4.30 and again at 7.45. Those are the only three digital shows every day. That's crappy. Yeah, they should be showing at least late, three more late shows. Show. Yeah. Yep. They're stupid. Yeah, I don't know why they don't do a late show with their one digital theater. That theater should run around the clock. Maybe there's something like the projector overheats. Because hmm. no show that they've done in there has run more than three shows. I think we are going to have to go see it on Monday evening because Jen Jen has never seen any of the movies and hasn't read the books. Oh. She would go because she loves us, but we're not going to make her do that. Right. That's too bad. She won't know what's going on. Yep. <laughs> All right. Some show news, uh, which we try to do every show. Um, we made it up to 
number 20 for the day yesterday, which is very exciting, and our overall ranking is now up to 42 on Potomatic. So that's pretty rocking. Cool. We're, we're getting there. People are definitely listening. If we get just one more spot, we'll be in the teens. So come on, people. We can do this. Um, that would be awesome. Uh, Although our new format, we're about to blow out the window here. I know. We're going a little bit long. I'm trying to speed along, and I've okay. already moved topics until tomorrow. Okay. Um, we did have, uh, for those of you who've been listening uh, for the last three days uh, off of the website, these are the, if you use the green play buttons that are actually on Podomatic, uh, our last three shows, you've been hearing us in uh, chipmunk voices. Which I actually listened to last night's chipmunk, and the part where I said that um, Dr. Pepper tasted more like poop was <laughs> so funny in chipmunk voices. Holy cow. We may have I was to, uh... laughing at work. I, I actually had to turn it off because I, I started giggling. <laughs> and then when I actually listened to it so I could understand it, I started laughing too because I'm really funny. I crack me up. <laughs> I do. All right. Um, so that was a problem, and it was actually a reported issue with Potomatic and their Flash player that they were using. Um, and uh, we started working on trying to fix it from our end today. But by the time I got around to actually getting it close to being fixed, uh, Potomatic went through and upgraded their system, and now it plays completely differently. So the chipmunk thing is gone. Uh, However you're listening to it, it was not our fault. All those shows now work. However, what they did made the show not work in a lot of web browsers. I use Firefox. It doesn't work for me. If I use Internet Explorer, it works just fine. So it's going to be hit and miss with people as to how well it works. But at least the chipmunk voices are gone. So I think for the majority of our listeners, it will be better. Um, uh, SGL2, the podcast slash blog about blogging and about all the SGL media family uh, hit its all-time peak two days in a row the last couple days. So we're very excited about that. And I have to give a special shout-out to Mary, who's our uh, newest listener today that I'm aware of, uh, who signed on and has been listening to the show and has been watching the video cast, um, which we've only done up through the Winnie the Pooh dance, so hopefully there'll be a new video sometime soon. And I have asked for uh, a new camcorder for Christmas, so for lucky, there may be new shows in higher quality. I think we should do a video cast with Jen, if she'll maybe, do it. Uh, maybe we should. That would be cool. All right. And uh, I think everything else we have for today, we can save for tomorrow. I think so. Because we're going pretty long. So uh, we're going to call that a day. Uh, but before we sign off, I do have to say that uh, the music for tonight's show is provided by the Podsafe Music Network. Music.podshow.com. And our uh, our song selection this evening is uh, Elements of the Paw by Sub-Level 3. Good night, everybody. Good night. After I'm gone, your Earth will be free to live out its miserable span of existence. of nature's deepest mystery.
go by me slowly die Slave to the grind Our lot in life We search for love only to find That it won't install in the game of life I